from South Carolina Public Radio, this is the South Carolina Lead. I'm your host, Gavin Jackson, and this episode was recorded on August 7th, 2023 from South Carolina Public Radio Studios here in Columbia. Just so you know, some of the information in this podcast may have changed by the time you've heard it. And we are at the tail end of the dog days of summer, folks, and just back from Miami, so this is a bit of a shorter episode but it features a deep look at former President Donald Trump's speech before some 1,300 Republican Party devotees in Columbia on Saturday night. You're not a Trump person? Well, sorry, sorry. And this came days after he was indicted for the third time. We hear from the governor, Senator Lindsey Graham, party chairman Drew McKissick, Congressman Russell Fry, and Winthrop University political science professor, Dr. Scott Huffman. A lot in this episode there. The lead loves hearing from everyone. That's why we have set up a voicemail box that you can call to share your thoughts. Your hot takes and questions at 803-563-7169. We'll also be interested in hearing your feedback about the podcast itself. What you like, what you don't like, what you want to hear more of or less of. Let us know. Leave us your name, where you're calling from, and what's on your mind. And if you don't want to be on the pod, just let us know. Call or text 803-563-7169. We love you. Former President Donald Trump was back in the Palmetto State on Saturday, just days after pleading not guilty in a D.C. federal court to four charges surrounding his role in the January 6th riot. Trump was the keynote speaker before more than 1,300 people at the Silver Elephant, the South Carolina Republican Party's annual fundraiser at the state fairgrounds in Columbia. Trump, again like in Pickens, spoke for more than an hour. He replayed his greatest hits, slamming Biden, China, while also praising Chinese President Xi Jinping, saying he would prevent World War III, slamming electric vehicles, and laying out few policy ideas other than promising to do a better job than others in the field and President Joe Biden. He briefly mentioned the indictment, saying this. Have you ever seen anything like what's going on? I mean, I never heard the word indictment. Then all of a sudden, over a period of a couple of weeks, you get four indictments. They do this to try and win an election. Nobody ever thought it was possible. It's done in third world countries. It's not done in this country. And as Henry said, Those indictments aren't worth the paper they're written on. They're not worth, they took away free speech. I mean, in one case, you have the Presidential Records Act. I'm allowed to do whatever. You got to read it. I read it to people. As soon as you read it, they say, oh, I have no idea. They didn't know that. But in the other case, it's free speech. This means that we cannot ever criticize or look after election. Once that happens, you have tyranny. We can't look at elections. We cannot criticize. Well, Hillary Clinton criticized, and all of these, Stacey Abrams still hasn't conceded. I mean, all of these people criticize. I mean, you would have half of Congress right now in jail. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. He is criticizing the election. And let me tell you, there's a lot to criticize, which you'll find out over the coming weeks. Isn't it terrible that a political opponent, though, can haphazardly charge you with a fake crime in the middle of your campaign in order to interfere with your time, your money, your message. And there is nothing you can do in theory to stop this travesty of justice. Isn't that a shame? The indictment lodged by special counsel Jack Smith, who was appointed last November by the Justice Department to take over investigations involving Trump, charges Trump with conspiracy, obstructing an official proceeding, fraud against the United States, and a conspiracy to deprive people of the right to vote. 
This indictment looks at what Trump did beyond his federally protected First Amendment rights, such as any involvement in orchestrating sets of false electors to prevent the peaceful transfer of power. Now, that ain't free speech, folks. In fact, it creates the grounds of converting his protected speech into criminal conduct. Governor Henry McMaster, who introduced Trump, called out the indictments as, quote, losers. McMaster, who's a former U.S. attorney and state attorney general, said this. And as to cases, ladies and gentlemen, a legitimate case, civil or criminal, must be based on the law and the facts. And the law must apply to the facts. These cases against Donald Trump do neither. These cases against Donald Trump are losers. It has been said that you can put lipstick on a pig, but I don't think all the lipstick in the world can turn these pigs into princesses. Remember, this goes beyond protected speech. This indictment is looking at efforts and actions Trump took to prevent the peaceful transfer of power based upon a legitimate, safe, and accurate election from taking place or, as the indictment puts it, quote, unlawful means of discounting legitimate votes and subverting the election results, quote. Again, Trump said he is fighting for his supporters who are the real targets. I consider it a great badge of honor because I'm being indicted for you. I am being indicted for you. I don't like that deal so much, by the way. I don't like that deal, but that's okay. No, I'm being indicted for you. I'm being indicted because of what we've done, and I'm being indicted because they're afraid of all of us, because we have a movement that's never been seen in the history of our country. Make America great again, MAGA. It's never been seen. There's never been anything like this. And never forget, our enemies want to stop us because we are the only ones who can stop them. We're the only ones. And this is why this election is so important. They want to take away my freedom because I will never let them take away your freedom. I'll never let that happen. 7th Congressional District Republican Russell Fry told reporters that this indictment is more of the same attempts to discount Trump. Fry, who was endorsed by Trump, won his district in the 2022 seven-person primary outright, a field that included five-term incumbent Representative Tom Rice, who was one of 10 Republicans to break with the party and vote to impeach Trump over inciting an insurrection on January 6. Here's Fry. No, I don't think it moves the needle. I think what we're seeing is the same stuff that we've seen uh, you know, since March when these indictments first started, is that he continues to do well in the polls, not only in the primary, but against uh, in a head-to-head against Joe Biden. So we're going to continue to see that. I don't think it moves the needle against him. SCGOP Chairman Drew McKissick called the 56 Silver Elephant Dinner the party's largest, with folks in the room and according to fundraising, a testament to the strength of the state party that has grown under his leadership since 2017. McKissick drew some criticism for having Trump headline the annual event, giving only him a cherished spot before the party faithful. But he says more events will be hosted in the coming six months to hear from all the candidates in the race. Here's McKissick looking at how the primary calendar will shake out next year. I mean, I think we're going to get, you know, an even bigger uh, spotlight than we're used to uh, because of where we're positioned on the calendar this year. Uh, As you know, Iowa and New Hampshire are going very much earlier in January. Um, Nevada is going to be, I think, the first week in February. And nobody else can have a primary until the first Tuesday in March. So that leaves a lot of open real estate on the calendar. So that's why we decided to put it on February the 24th. That gives us almost three weeks of uninterrupted time with the candidates, you know, uh, since uh, the uh, Nevada primary. uh, And puts us in a position where we're just 10 days before Super Tuesday. So candidates are going to want to come here do well here to get that boost that they need going into Super Tuesday where 
you know, you have to be in eight to 10 medium markets all at one time. And that gets prohibitively expensive. A lot of extra organizational, you know, time and energy and money uh, that they would have to expend. So doing well here matters more than it has in the past, I think. Now, Senator Lindsey Graham found a much more welcoming audience in Columbia on Saturday night than he did in his home county of Pickens on July 1st when he was booed for five minutes straight during Trump's massive rally in the small town. The boos were replaced with applause and only some scattered folks giving him a thumbs down or just not clapping. While Graham, like McMaster, is part of Trump's South Carolina leadership team, he still had this to say about Senator Tim Scott and former Governor Nikki Haley being in the race. We got people running for the Republican presidential nomination that I'm impressed with from top to bottom. We got homegrown people running for president of the United States from South Carolina. I love them both. We got really talented people. But you're going to have a contest here next year about picking a new president. I can't wait. If I had four years to live, it'd be during Biden's presidency because it seems it's never going to end. Again, much of what Trump said Saturday was similar, if not the same, to what he spoke about in Pickens. You can re-listen to that episode if you want to. He included critical digs at federal regulations such as showerhead flow, a peeve of his for years. Crooked Joe Biden, the radical Democrat communists have piled over $10,000 of job-killing regulatory costs onto the backs of every single American household. And they did this in less than three years. By contrast, under the Trump administration, we cut the cost of job-killing regulations by an amazing record number, $11,000 per household. You know, little things like your sink. You know, you buy a sink and no water comes out because they have regulators on the water. Even if you're in a state where water comes out of heaven all day long, doesn't make any difference. Uh, When you take a shower, I like to have, you know, I have this gorgeous head of hair. I like, when I take a shower, I want water to pour down on me. When you go into these new homes with showers, the water drips down slowly, slowly. You have suds, beautiful, nice, wonderful suds, a lot of money, Procter & Gamble, all that crap that they say is good. Probably cost them them about two cents and they sell it for $10. But you can't, it, it takes you 10 minutes to wash your hair. You know what you do? You just stay in the shower about 10 times longer than you would have. It's the same. You probably use more water. The AP reports that since 1992, federal law has dictated that new showerheads should not pour than 2.5 gallons of water per minute. As newer shower fixtures came out with multiple nozzles, the Obama administration defined the showerhead restrictions to apply to what comes out in total. So, if there are four nozzles, no more than 2.5 gallons total should come out among all four. A Trump-era rule, finalized in December 2020, allows each nozzle to spray as much as 2.5 gallons, not just the overall shower head. But that was dropped in the summer of 2021 under the Biden administration. Now you guys know, right? Now you know how much water comes out of your shower heads. Trump again made digs at the growing electric vehicle industry, which continues to call South Carolina home. Remember the $2 billion Scout Motors investment in the Midlands bringing 4,000 jobs? That's just part of the growing industry in the state, which includes electric vehicle lines for BMW, Mercedes, and Volvo, as well as battery manufacturers and recyclers, all fueled by a variety of state and federal incentives pushed by the Biden administration and approved by Democrats in Congress. And I will cancel Biden's destructive Green New Deal. It's an insane, it's an insane thing. I'm for the environment. I want clean water, crystal clean. I want beautiful, clean air. 
But what they're doing to this country is incredible. They're destroying our shores, our oceans. They're putting windmills all over the place. In New Jersey, they'd never had whales coming up shore. They might have one every three or four years. Now, it's like routine whales. Big, magnificent whales are being washed up on shore like, like nothing. It's so sad to see. And everybody knows the reason. Everybody knows the reason. To terminate this crippling uh, electric vehicle mandates, we're going to do it. We're going to do it fast. And we will stop having all of these cars being built in China. We're building our cars back here. We're going to build them back here. They want to take that whole thing away from you like they did with Mexico. Now, it's not clear if Governor McMaster, who has overseen this massive EV growth, was clapping at these lines. The press riser was just too far away. But the White House in 2021 started its push to ramp up offshore wind energy capacity to 30 gigawatts by 2030. Now, you heard Trump talking about those whales, and I'll give you some background on that. Late last year through early January, there were nine dead whales that washed up on New York and New Jersey beaches. Oh, how you doing? CBS News says that the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration said that offshore surveys are taking place off the eastern seaboard. But the agency has never received evidence that would support the connection between the survey work and these recent stranding events, or any stranding events in the last several years. Quote, NOAA also noted that this equipment is different and not as disruptive as the seismic air guns used by the oil and gas industry. Trump also took aim at his chief rival in the Republican primary race, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. And unlike a guy named Ron DeSanctimonious, has anyone ever heard of him? Very disloyal guy. I got him into office. And then he said, yeah, I guess I'd run against him. Why not? Who voted to gut Medicare. Do you know that DeSanctis, that's the abbreviated name, DeSanctis wanted to gut Medicare and three times voted against Social Security, including raising the retirement age to 70. And one thing I found about politicians, when they have an initial idea, and then they maybe go back. I don't even know what he does. I don't care. He's gotten so low in the polls, we don't watch him very much anymore. He's done like, he's like crashed. He's, he's crashing. In fact, he lost his big donors today. Did you see? We're not going to support him anymore. We don't like him. They're calling me now. You know, it's funny. I get calls. Uh, hi, uh, President Ty. I thought you were this. No, no, no. We love you. We think you're great. I said, oh, good. What are my poll numbers? I guess that's the reason. That's the only reason. And I'm getting all these calls from his donors. Hi, President. How you doing? How have you been? Let's have dinner. I said, why do you want to have dinner? We want to support you, sir. We think you're doing a great job. And uh, that's only because he crashed. I mean, he's crashing like a dog. I've never seen anything like it, actually. But you need a personality to win. And Trump even came after his former U.N. ambassador, Nikki Haley, recalling her 2016 endorsement of Florida Senator Marco Rubio in the presidential primary, while McMaster opted for Trump, becoming the first statewide official nationwide to endorse him. We need people with courage, not a former South Carolina governor who's afraid to show up at this beautiful event. You got to show up at these events, Nikki. Oh, did I say that? <laughs> All I know is somebody else had Nikki and I had Henry and I had Peggy. And they went out and they didn't stop and we won and we won. I'll never forget that night. That was a great night, Henry. Right? I said, I want to thank. I want to thank, I wanted Nikki. I helped her a lot over the years. I wanted Nikki, and she went with somebody else. I said, but I got lucky because I got Henry, and I'll take Henry anytime. We did a great job. That was some campaign, right, Henry? And we did better the second time, actually. We did better. Actually, we got many millions of more votes the second time. And really quick, before we jump out of this, 
Just hours before this speech, Trump secured a big endorsement from House Speaker Merle Smith, who in a Post and Courier op-ed said in part, quote, 2024 will be the most consequential election in our lives, which is why I'm proud to announce my endorsement of Donald J. Trump. Under President Trump's leadership, our country saw historic economic success and growth. South Carolinians enjoyed more opportunity and prosperity, tangibly felt by many more as money in their pockets and more food on their tables, quote. Smith was seen exiting Trump Force One with Trump upon his arrival at Columbia Metropolitan Airport on Saturday. All right, now we are just about two weeks away from the first Republican debate in Milwaukee on August 23rd. And of course, we'll be diving more into the first in the South primary as we start to ramp up coverage post-Labor Day, a time of year when renewed focus on upcoming elections kicks off. But why are we so important again? Hmm, You kind of heard Drew McKissick talking about it, but take a listen to Winthrop University political science professor, Dr. Scott Huffman. We have had a a price, and we we even have it on a t-shirt, the road to the White House runs through Winthrop, because we have had all presidential candidates come through here, and we're going to try and recreate that where we'll have candidate spotlights with them all coming through. And we are the first in the South primary, all right? And being the first in the South primary for Republicans is stunningly important because we're the first test of all types of conservatism. Iowa caucus Republicans don't represent national conservatives. New Hampshire conservatives do not represent. We in South Carolina have every flavor, and that's both due to being Southern and to being, you know, a a primary, not a caucus. We're going to put politics aside and talk about the weather. Two things you're not supposed to talk about in mixed company, folks. The weather and politics, right? I think I got that right. Now, it's hot out there. You know this, especially if you live in South Carolina. But then it's like hot everywhere. Everyone's like, is it hot enough for you down here? It was hot in Maryland. It was hot when I went to school in Ohio. It was hot everywhere in the summertime. But, in fact, in July, we saw the Earth's hottest day declared. And then that record was broken like 16 more times before the end of the month. Uh, Such records made the month the hottest on record in the world, based on preliminary data. In fact, while we tape this episode, there is a heat advisor in effect for nearly the entire state, with heat index values up to 110 degrees expected. Such extreme heat and humidity may cause heat illnesses to occur, and South Carolina Public Radio intern Jada Kirkland recently looked into how to protect yourself out there. If you've stepped outside in the past week, you know that it's hot. While summer means fun in the sun, hot days can become dangerous and sometimes deadly. Exposure to excessive heat can lead to heat-related illnesses, such as heat rashes, cramps, exhaustion, and more severe heat stroke. The most recent data from the South Carolina Revenue and Fiscal Affairs Office shows that there were over 1,400 emergency department visits for heat illnesses in 2021, a decrease from the previous year. However, Dr. Matthew Bittner, president of the South Carolina College of Emergency Physicians, says heat illnesses are avoidable. Heat-related illnesses are preventable. And so what we're talking about here is early recognition and prevention, because if you or a loved one shows signs or symptoms of a heat-related illness, 
um, there's some very simple steps you can take to prevent um, further illness or injury. But what are these steps and how does excessive heat impact the body? Normally, when we get hot, our bodies begin to sweat and we cool off. However, the Centers for Disease Control says sweating may not be enough to keep us cool in extreme heat. Megan Borowski, meteorologist for the South Carolina Emergency Information Network, says sweat can make us feel hotter on days when the heat index is high. But if there's a lot of water vapor in the atmosphere, um, our sweat will not evaporate. So it actually makes it feel warmer because now we've got this, this layer of, of warm sweat on us. To avoid heat illness, the American Red Cross says people should spend time in air conditioning every day. And we also recommend you don't rely on electric fans during extreme heat. When temperatures are in the high 90s, fans may not prevent heat-related illness. So a good way to prevent that is by taking a cool shower or bath or moving to an air-conditioned place uh, to cool off. Also, Dr. Bittner says to stay hydrated. Um, additionally, you should drink more water than you usually do. If you wait until you're actually thirsty, then you're actually behind the eight ball. Young children, older adults, and pregnant people are at higher risk for heat illnesses. Dr. Bittner says older adults often don't handle temperature changes well. They may also take medications that cause them to sweat less. For caregivers of young children, he gives this advice. So, you know, a good rule of thumb is that if you are hot or you are thirsty, your child may be hot and or thirsty. In recent years, July and August had the highest hospitalizations and ED visits for heat illnesses. So if you are out in the heat, it's good to know the signs of heat stroke which is deadly and requires medical attention. You should call 911 if you see someone who has hot, dry skin, is confused, and stops sweating. According to Dr. Bittner, such symptoms can indicate serious problems. Um, so classically, when you think about heat stroke and heat-related illness, anybody who has a change in mental status and is not sweating should be a red flag because most everybody who lives in South Carolina knows that if you go outside, you start to sweat. And when you stop sweating in the heat, that's actually a problem. Heat exhaustion is slightly less severe and includes heavy sweating, fast pulse, and cold, pale skin. People with these signs should move to a cool place and loosen tight clothing. The CDC recommends getting medical help if a person with signs of heat exhaustion starts to vomit or if symptoms last over an hour. To keep yourself and others safe, Dr. Bittner suggests using a buddy system. If you are a victim of a severe heat-related illness, you may not know that you are a victim of severe heat-related illness. And so having somebody keep an eye out for you is always good. For more on this story, you can visit SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org. And on the way out, let's look ahead this week. We'll find out July inflation numbers on Thursday. Data. And we'll get new consumer sentiment numbers on Friday. Data. When we do the numbers. Welcome to the wind down section, our little break from the news. We're glad you're here. I'm also glad that A.T. Shire is here. We are in studio. In studio. We are not in Miami, in a hotel room. Oh, yes. Thank goodness. Uh, We're here. I still have a a hard voice that I'm dealing with right now with my cold that I've had for three weeks. I'm sure it's pneumonia, but I'm still working through it. (laughs) Gavin, uh, when we were in Miami, he was just apologizing every three seconds for his voice. I'm like, I have something to say. (coughs) That's a real cough right there. I'm not even thinking it. (laughs) (laughs) My God. Yeah. 
And it was funny because censoring me. You could tell people were uh, weirded out that uh, the producer was talking and not the host. The whole can time. you imagine, folks? <laughs> can you imagine this guy talking too much? No, but weird. They actually like we had um, we had COVID tests in our little welcome swag bag, and I tested negative like twice. So like, calm yeah. down, everybody. I was not worried. I've been around him the entire time, and I haven't gotten sick. So this but, this sickness is deep in his body. Every August, I get a cold. You just you got a summer cold. It's it's programmed in my body. It's like oh, it's that time, and this was like poor Gavin. What was me? Great Metalocalypse episode on but summer cold. I rather get it out of the way now than like oh, it's fall and it's like cold and like you're just miserable because the fall is uh not that great. Everybody, I love All fall. Right? Hot takes. Yeah, sure. The beginning of falls. Wait, oh, it's so great. It's so great. Fall then, in South Carolina is amazing. You know what's amazing. behind it yeah. is winter. Yeah. And I don't care for winter. Which is basically fall. Winter here is basically it's fall. It's still very cold in the mornings <laughs> when I'm going to the gym. Yeah, your, your 5 a.m. mornings. Ugh, disgusting. Should, I hated these that. These days, it's just like, oh, you can walk out the door at the tank top. Not even bad or not. Anyway, Gavin, let's get to the business here. Sorry, everyone. Uh, sorry. We're not my sorry. That's my, my dad gave my, me my this dad gave show. Me show. Okay, so we're in the midst of a Trump episode here, and we have a call about critique, not a critique, but like a review of a previous Trump episode. So are you ready, Gavin? Sure. Okay, here we go. Hi, this is Lee from Easley. I just listened to the New Jersey lead podcast with uh, featuring Chris Christie. And uh, after I was done, I decided to fact check him on whether or not he really did make statements about Donald Trump, president number 45, on the night of the election going against American people. And it appears from other news sources that he he actually did do that. And he, he actually did make an about face on his support of the former president at that time. And so I really appreciate that from him. Two people that would have been nice to see take that stand are our former governor, Nikki Haley, and our current senator, Tim Scott. As a matter of fact, our senator refused to convict the former president on his second impeachment trial. That was a perfect opportunity to get rid of him from American politics once and for all. And the senator failed to, to, to follow up on that. That's my little tidbit from this week. Thank you. Thanks for calling, Lee. And I'm glad you looked into that. We give you all the story and the facts, and you can definitely go out and find more, uh, you know, news you can use. And I hope you found some more context to his comments in this episode, too. We give you a lot of background and not just direct Trump quotes there in this episode. So, yes. again, a lot going on there. And, of course, this just a little addendum to this, even though we're in the wind down. Mm. Different crowd. Like, as you could tell, just because they weren't booing Lindsey Graham. Mm-hmm. Like, different crowd. These are... <laughs> Uh, a lot of party people, but at the same time, not like some of the more intense party people. The more that are having these fights in places like Horry County or even in Lexington recently, and um, you know, in the upstate, some parties having bigger issues. These were a lot of folks that um, were, were a little bit more cordial, I guess. I heard more. I, I got some inside info that this was there were some ball gowns and, and great. Oh yeah, tuxes and ball gowns and the big, like. So it's a there's big money place to, get to be in this. seen. Yeah. yeah. So um, not the kind of place where you're going to be standing in the middle of a. July sun, downtown, Pickens yeah. screaming at people. So a little different there. Uh, speaking of screaming at people and uh, s- things of that ilk, Gavin. So we recorded our last episode prior to traveling home from Miami, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. 
And we just wanted to fill everyone in. A lot happened after we recorded it did, yeah. that. We had a great Cuban sandwich. We got a great Cuban at Enriquetas. Mm-hmm. That's in Miami. Cannot recommend that enough. That was amazing. I also just got like an agua fresca made with watermelon and like uh, four tablespoons of sugar. <laughs> and it was really good. Yeah, I got like a latte with a cup of sugar, you yeah. told me. It was, a quarter, it. it was a quarter cup of sugar. I thought it was going to be like a latte, like a small one, but no. it was like a big old boy. Yeah. Anyway, all those provisions... Got us ready for the travel day that lay ahead of us. It was truly a Lord of the Rings esque uh, travel. I'll take, your, I'll take your word. Gavin for it. and I. It was it, it was a lot of travel to get to this destination. We had uh, we had flights canceled. We had gates moved. I mean, you're flying out of Miami at three o'clock on a Friday. <sighs> it so was you a got lot. the storms. You got summer travel. Yes. Uh, we didn't get out. We didn't get out of there until like maybe what four thirty five. We didn't we, take off out. It was later. It was yeah. like five forty five. And I'm like, should we rebook on an eight o'clock out of Charlotte because we had to get to Columbia? It was rough. And it's kept getting delayed and delayed. And you're just like. Let's just let's just call it what it is. Yeah. And uh, phone a friend, call your wife. Caitlin, she came graciously came and picked us up in Charlotte and we went and ate ramen. And that was a nice little end to a torturous day, but <laughs> Two things that happened. One, we got on the plane at, at a relatively normal time and then just sort of sat on the runway for <clears throat> two hours almost. Sure. They had to move planes from one side of the, the, the runway to the like other side. Like 15 of them. And, and it was terrible. And we were at the end of it. And, oh. and I was sat next to a baby. Mm-hmm. And it what he was doing great. I was so proud of this baby. He wasn't bothering me the whole time, just sleeping. Then the last 10 minutes of this flight, 10 minutes this child should not have been on this flight anymore. We should have been (laughs) off already. He starts to wiggle a little bit, and then he just explodes with puke. I mean, this kid threw up everywhere. I'm sitting across the aisle from A.T. Yes, Gavin is across the aisle. I got the wrong seat. I gave up my seat. I was like, oh, whatever, no big deal. I can sit next to him across the aisle. Yeah. I hate the aisle because I get bumped by the flight attendants Every time. time. However, it was nothing compared to what you experienced. I, Gavin just saw me. I said, what? And you turned me like. Kid just threw up. Yeah, I was like, and I, I was, look, I was like, oh god! I just like pointing over right. And the there. smell was now permeating the my smell, nostrils. The smell was intense. And mind you, this is the last ten minutes of the flight. Like you gotta it get is, your tray tables is, up, and like these poor parents are like frantically. This is end of descent. Yeah, these up. are. I tried to. I just got out. I just. Yeah. I just. You flagged the flight attendant down, and then I said, eight, "It looked behind me." I was like, "Oh, no one's sitting in this chair behind me. Boom. No one has been. Just get Boom. out of there. They Boom. need the space. Me in." I'm watching. It's, they're still cleaning the kid up. They eventually have to like clean the, him up. I'm like, they pull the tray table down. Like, give him once over. I was the like, smell, oh my god! The smell never went away. No. We, not until we walked away from the seats did it stop smelling. <sighs> I instantly looked at it, tried not to throw up, and uh, just made sure there was no barf on any. Of Always my stuff. the hardest part. It's like when someone cries for me, like I told At. Like I might start crying. In that I almost. Yeah, I was fighting it. I was. And luckily, I was in pretty good shape. If you it was were the day before. Away. I would have been like, oh god. Like <laughs> if we had a big Thursday night, that could have been a problem. But yes, the only thing we had. Us was uh, a couple beers from the Irish bar. And quote, oh, what kind of I, at which, Miami Airport? It's just called Irish Pub, and uh, that is where the scene of what I really wanted to talk about happened, and it it made me hurt. And if anyone has listened before and and remember the bad millennial news that I gave us that Pokemon cards were on Antiques Roadshow, mm-hmm. this is in that vein. Mm-hmm. So Gavin and I trying to kill time for our delayed flight mm-hmm. go to Irish pub we're here two hours early we were true dad style exactly yes and then I'm like what do we do where should we go and you're like I just saw an Irish pub there was quote. nobody it was empty and you know me I'm like why didn't you of course we can yeah. go there of course I'll go have a Guinness an Irish pint they poured me they didn't with, even ask they upcharged me without asking they didn't even ask they and were playing like, Dateline everywhere. Every yeah. TV had Dateline all about murders Ugh, and then then we saw place. it then we saw it okay a commercial during Dateline. Oh, this is brutal. It was Tony Hawk 
selling joint supplements. Skater icon of our youth. Oh, X Tony Games. Hawk, Tony Hawk Pro Skater selling CoQ10. No, it's no, that time. No, it's that time, my what, friend. What is this saying about us? Oh, it would all hurt the, to see all the creaks and the aches that come with it. Oh, it is happening to to the heroes. Our heroes, they live long enough to become mortal. It's terrible. <laughs> Guys, get CoQ10. You're gonna love it. I don't know what's Use next. Discount code LEAD10. I get 10% off all supplements that the lead endorses. Oh God, uh, I can't. Just like no one tell me how Carson Daly is doing. You know, like I don't want to know you can how see he's him on the Today don't Show. Don't tell can't me you? where he is. I don't want to see him. I don't want to know about his problems. Like, I, he doesn't I, even paint his nails anymore. He's not oh, the same. Well, at least we know Al- Avril Lavigne's a clone, so she's probably doing well. She's still young. My God, what is it? What? <laughs> Google it. Uh, don't Google it, please. Don't. don't, guys. We're turning to a pop pop culture podcast now. Anyway, uh, if anyone else has some Tell us your travel stories, guys. Terrible, We've been asking you all summer. I want to hear some bad travel if stories. If you have a terrible travel story, let us know. If you have a dystopian millennial future thing, let us know, uh, please, okay? We need those. We're sad. CoQ10, Tony Hawk. Mr. 900. At okay? least it's not like Relaxium or something Ugh. really fake. At least Cookie Tin's like real. Sure, but, but it I'm just, sure you know. It hurts so bad to see it. <clears throat> it. And you just hate to see it. Anyway, Gavin. Tell us what supplements you take. We're, we're home. Tell us how many pills you take a day. I take seven. Uh, anyway, Gavin, hit the outro. We're glad to be back. We're back. No more Miami for all AT. Give us a shout. Uh, be like our friend Lee from Easley. And give us a shout at 803-563-7169. You can also leave us a review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. I can't remember. Uh, you can also text 803-563-7169. And you don't have to have your name on the pod. We can just take your feedback. We'd love that, too. You can stay up to date with the latest news on sceTV.org and SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org. And don't forget to support your local newspapers. For the South Carolina lead, I'm Gavin Jackson. Be well, South Carolina. Thank you. He's become her. I wouldn't even hurt this fly.